Ever wondered what unicorns eat for breakfast? Okay, so I don't actually know. But I do know that 20% of all unicorn startups are using HubSpot. And for good reason. HubSpot's all-on-one platform levels up your sales, software, and support. Plus, they have a huge collection of resources to help startups scale. And with the HubSpot for Startups program, you could save big off your first year. To see if you're eligible to save on HubSpot, visit HubSpot.com startups. Howdy, folks. It is Tuesday, February 28th. I'm Jacob Cohen here with Rob Litterst, and you are listening to The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're shifting the chat GPT talk away from Google and Microsoft into the world of social companies like Snapchat and Facebook. Snapchat announced plans yesterday to give itself the AI treatment. Facebook followed suit, and it's an interesting strategy that could help businesses facing uphill battles for growth. But first, let's take a quick look at what else is going on in the world of business and tech. Let's get crack lacking. All right, first things first. The sky appears to be the limit for autonomous drone maker Skydio, which raised $230 million at a $2.2 billion valuation. Skydio's customers include everyone from consumer content creators to utility companies to the U.S. Department of Defense. The company entered the enterprise and public sector market just three years ago, and its enterprise customer base already exceeds 1,200 organizations, including every branch of the U.S. Department of Defense and over half of all U.S. state departments of transportation. We've also got another talk block. The Canadian government is banning TikTok from government-owned devices starting today, citing an unacceptable level of risk to privacy and security. According to the statement they put out, no government information has been compromised because of TikTok to date. And in other news, we've got a dent in the rent. Estimates from Apartment List found the median U.S. rent for new leases in January was down 3.5% from August. I don't think many people will be upset about that. Also, the Pokemon company released a new app that you play by sleeping. We linked to that in today's newsletter. We're coming to the end. Zoom is zooming. Shares climbed almost 7% in extended trading on Monday after the company reported fourth quarter results that exceeded expectations with revenue increasing 4% year over year. And uh uh-oh. A Massachusetts teacher was accused of using taxpayer-funded electricity to operate an illegal crypto mining operation in a school crawl space. All right, JC, so you mentioned earlier that AI is starting to infect social media. What is going on and what companies are starting to take advantage of this? Yeah, so Snapchat really led the news yesterday in terms of social companies getting the AI treatment. They announced a GPT-powered personalized avatar named My AI. Wow. I think that was a big missed opportunity, not naming it Snapchat GPT. Yes. Because My AI is basically a customizable persona where a user can choose the name of the AI, the avatar that represents the AI. Uh, it's designed to feel more like a friend than a search engine or a productivity tool, which I think really helps differentiate its use case and Snapchat's use case for AI from that of Bing or Google, which is good for them. You know, Snapchat says my AI is great for doing things like recommending birthday gifts for friends, writing funny haikus to send to people. CEO Evan Spiegel told The Verge that he thinks 
In the future, every day, in addition to talking to friends and family, you're going to be talking to an AI and that he thinks his company is really well positioned to do that as a primarily messaging service. And in that sense, I think he's spot on. Snapchat reaches 750 million monthly active users, including 75% of 13 to 34-year-olds in more than 20 countries. And these are digitally native users who are quick to adopt new tech and features on social apps like this. This is really interesting to me. We've talked about this before with Snap's demographic and how they have a ton of users in kind of the low teen and, and high teen demographic, which a lot of other companies are kind of clamoring for, right? Exactly. We've talked about how a big reason is because if you can get somebody hooked on your product when they're that age, then you can build kind of lifelong habits. In this case, I think it's really, really interesting for Snap because I think they're probably right when it comes to how we're going to use AI. Like I, I definitely see this becoming part of people's days when they're you know, ultimately looking for things. And if they can kind of impart this more personal yeah. way to use it and get younger kids using AI early. And I feel like the biggest thing with AI is that the more you use it, the better it gets. A hundred percent. And going off that, you know, the reason ChatGPT got so big so fast is because of the fact that they put the tech in an interface like Google and Microsoft that people were familiar with immediately and knew how to use without knowing anything about the underlying technology. And this is almost going one step further, taking that same technology and bringing it to a platform that all these teens are using every single day. And so that sounds like a match made in heaven. And it could be good for Snapchat's business, too. At first, it's going to be a feature only available through their $4 a month premium plan. Could help grow its subscription business. The company generally has actually been struggling as a business lately. But the plan in the future is for all users to have access to it down the road. In the announcement, they said that they know the AI is not going to be perfect. They apologized in advance. But interestingly, also yesterday, Mark Zuckerberg and Meta made a very similar announcement saying they have a new product group that they're rolling out to focus on this same exact thing, integrating generative AI tech into their consumer products, things like chats and WhatsApp and Messenger, Instagram filters and ad formats. So I think maybe 2023, we're going to see a lot more of these generative AI features in the social apps we use every day. Yeah, that's super interesting. And you mentioned Snap's paid offering, which definitely seems to be a new trend in social media. Snap has this paid version and Twitter, obviously, and Facebook have both been kind of battling over this like verification subscription where I think both of them are pretty overpriced. I think <laughs> Twitter starts at like $8 a month and Facebook's is like $15 a month or something mm -hmm. like that. I think Snap is actually handling this the right way. Like they seem to really get some things. And I, I think this My AI is a really solid value add to that and could potentially allow them to raise prices if it's really effective. Yeah. So, really cool strategy from Snap. All right. So, a lot of times on this podcast, you'll hear us talk about Prime. And most of the time, we're talking about Amazon Prime. But we're going to be talking about a different Prime right now, a sports drink called Prime that has gone absolutely bonkers in the last year or so. So Rob, why don't you fill us in a little bit? Yeah, so if you're new to Prime, the sports drink, it was launched by Logan Paul and KSI. 
if you have absolutely no idea who those people are, then you're probably over the age of 40. <laughs> They're two influencers who have a combined 40 million YouTube subscribers. Paul and KSI actually boxed each other a little while back. Yeah. For now, they're business partners and their sports drink is going absolutely viral. So what's in it? Yeah, that's really the big question here. So it has about 10% coconut water, but other than that seems a lot like other sports drinks. From what I understand, there's a caffeinated and a non-caffeinated version. The caffeinated version is really geared and marketed towards those that are 18 or older. Mm -hmm. It recently appeared in a Super Bowl ad, and it's actually right. also the UFC's official sports drink. So these guys really smart in who they're partnering with, I think, especially as they kind of expand their brands into extreme sports and mixed martial arts and all that sort of stuff. But for what it's worth, Gordon Ramsay, the famed chef, compared it to swallowing perfume. So <laughs> for those of you wondering how it tastes. <laughs> if it's a good perfume, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's a great point. So what have sales looked like? In 2022, Prime generated $250 million in retail sales, which wow. pretty crazy. It typically retails for about $240 a bottle, but it's also become this kind of hard to get status symbol that resellers are hawking at a high markup, which is what's got it kind of going viral right now and which has got people talking about it a lot. Rowdy shoppers led Aldi, the grocery store, to limit sales to one of each flavor. Okay. You don't see that happening with Gatorade. No, absolutely not. <laughs> the craziest thing about this to me is you can literally buy this stuff on Amazon right now at its regular price. Like, I, I don't really understand <laughs> what's so going funny. on, but it does kind of speak to, I think, a broader trend in the world of branding and the world of retail basically creators and influencers launching brands with their audiences. And yeah. this woman, May Karwowski, who's a CEO and founder of influencer marketing firm, obviously told the Washington Post that in the next decade, she expects all the biggest brands will be made by creators because they get what their customers want. And mm -hmm. I think that's a really good point. And you look at what Logan Paul and KSI are doing with this, and clearly they've tapped into their fans and have kind of cultivated this devoted customer base. For sure. Beyond that, in the influencer realm, you've got Kylie Cosmetics from Kylie Jenner. You've got Skims from Kim Kardashian. You've got Rihanna's Fenty Beauty, which has made her a billionaire. These are lucrative because they have so much distribution already built in. Right. The marketing can cost almost nothing for some of these people just because they have such large followings. Oh, definitely. And bada bing, bada boom, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in to the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig. Our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, you can sign up at thehustle.co slash email. Hope you have a terrific Tuesday. We'll catch you tomorrow. Hey, everybody, let me tell you about this great podcast that's available right now. Creator Science, hosted by Jay Klaus, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, which is the audio destination for business professionals. Creator Science goes behind the scenes with today's top creators. Through narrative interviews, Jay Klaus explores how creators like Tim Urban, James Clear, Tori Dunlap, and Cody Sanchez are building their audiences today. And by learning how these creators make a living with their art and creativity, Creator Science can help you gain tools and confidence to do exactly the same. I was actually listening to an episode recently where Jay had on Dr. K, who is a Harvard psychiatrist. And Dr. K helps a lot of creators with 
performance, burnout, and dealing with a lot of negative feedback online. It's a great hour of conversation with Dr. K, where Dr. K really breaks down what it means to be a creator today and the burnout that a lot of creators do experience and what to do when you get that burnout, because you will. And you can listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts, and I definitely suggest it. Listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts.